Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Man Woman Movie. This is a podcast where we take turns picking movies. And no matter what the movie is, we both agree to watch it and review it. So episode nine. 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 Yeah, we've made it a long way. Uh, it's your pick. Yep. I only know a little bit. You mentioned genre to me. I Okay. What horror. did I tell you? You told me horror. Yes. Or scary. Yeah. So that... I don't know. Can we? I don't really consider Dead Heat a scary movie. No, that so was it's not like comedy. we're yeah, we're not really doing horror back to back. No. Um, so I guess this will be the first horror film since Cloverfield that we've done, unless yes. you want to consider Teen Witch a horror. No, Teen Witch was not a horror. <laughs> I guess it depends on your point of view. But uh, so what do we got? Why do what? What are we watching? Okay, I'm just gonna throw out the name of the movie. Okay. I doubt you've heard of it. Oh. Okay. 1982's The Dorm That Dripped Blood. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, that sounds that sounds like something I would pick. Yeah, um, but why would you pick it? Because it sounds kind of ridiculous. Right, it sounds bad. Yeah. It, and that's why I picked it. All I right. actually looked up on Rotten Tomatoes... The movies that got the worst review. <laughs> and on Rotten Tomatoes, The Dorm That Drip Blood scored 0%. Oh my. Okay. This is, I, I've got, my research department is handing me a card here that has the synopsis on it. Four college students are stalked by an unknown assailant while staying on campus over the Christmas holidays to help clear out a dormitory which is to be demolished. So this is like a Christmas film. <laughs> You know, by the time this comes out, Christmas won't be that far away. That's true. So we're getting into the holiday spirit a little early, I think. That's true. Yep. So. Yeah, and and I figured this would be something that you would watch. Because this is something that when you and, as my grandma calls them, your boyfriends. Mm. When you and your boyfriends get together once a year to do your uh, B-movie marathon, this is the type of movie. Oh, yeah. this That's why I wasn't sure if maybe you had heard of it. Th- yeah, I, no, I haven't. And if any of my boyfriends are listening <laughs> to this episode and you have heard of it, you know, feel free to weigh in on the comments. Um, but yeah, this this has 24-hour B-movie marathon written all over it. <laughs> no one of really any note that I can tell is in it. No. So... I'm sure their careers were botched after this movie (laughs) yeah um well it looks like the director went on to do some tv shows oh uh he's a writer of of grim um the show grim so um he actually also directed this is we're talking about uh uh stephen carpenter also directed soul survivors in 2001 which a good friend of mine was in and I don't mean starred in any capacity. He was an extra that had Eliza oh. Dushku walk past him. <laughs> but you can oh. clearly see him in the movie. And uh, maybe I'll go ahead and post a photo if I can find a copy of the film, because I don't have it, and then find him in the movie, and then find a way to take a screenshot. Oh. So if, if I go through all that, maybe I'll, I'll post the photo that I'm referring to. Okay. Okay, that was, a really, like, that was like, really long and pointless. That, no, well, no, you know, I'd, I'd like to see that. Okay. So, uh, well, this is great. I'm totally in on this. Yeah, um, it looks like one of the critics that gave it a zero called it intensely, aggressively, crudely, claustrophobically typical. 
How is something typical in all of those ways? I have no idea. Um, another one said, standard slasher with a stolen, goofy title. Stolen? We've got a lot of research to do, I think, on this movie. we got to get to this. Okay. So, um, all right, we will be back in just a moment with our review of The Dorm That Dripped Blood. Open the door. You've got to trust me. I, I came here to find you. To take you away from here. I'm sorry I took the bread. The Dorm That Dripped Blood. Well, it's also called Pranks. Yeah, when we started watching it, that's the title that came up. What's up with that? I think it started as Pranks, and then it went to the Dorm That Dripped Blood. I can't, I can't remember. I prefer the Dorm That Dripped Blood. Yeah, because Pranks, none of it was Pranks. No, it was definitely not Pranks. <laughs> not Pranks. Our research department tells us that it took its name from The House That Drip Blood, the 1971 movie. Ah. So maybe this there was some sort of issue with that, so they had to change it to pranks? But why would they change it to pranks? I don't know, that makes no sense. There's a billion other titles that they could have chosen, mm -hmm. and they chose pranks, mm -hmm. which has nothing to do with anything in the movie. I have no idea. And you know, I made a statement earlier where I said there was really no one of note in the movie. Ah, uh, but there is. Not entirely true. It's the film de debut of Daphne Zuniga. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Princess Vespa from Spaceballs. Yes. So she's in it. This was her film debut. It was five years before Spaceballs. She was in it for a little bit. A little bit. Let's get into the plot and talk about that. Okay. It opens up and there's this random scene of a guy being chased down and killed in a dorm, presumably, and there's like a machete that's put between his fingers. Oh, yeah. I thought that was going to be something that they explain a little bit more, but nope. nope. It was just a guy dying, which, now that we know the ending, that part doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't at all. I'm just thinking of that now that you're bringing it up. That makes no sense to the plot. No, it doesn't have any place. It, at zero. It has no place. We don't even know who he is. No, we don't know anything about it. It's just a random killing. <laughs> so in the opening, we have Joanne. Mm -hmm. And she is a college student, I think. Although in the 80s, I feel like college students all look like they're 40. Yeah, she definitely does not look like a college student. And yeah, her this guy she's been seeing for a while named Tim wants her to move in with him. And they're at a party, and Tim is getting ready to leave the next day with his buddy to go on a ski trip. Sure. The end. There's yeah. Tim is never in the movie after he leaves for the ski trip. No. I thought perhaps the twist would have been Tim was the killer. First. See, I thought maybe Tim would come back and save the day. Either way, that could have worked. Spoiler alert, none of that happens, and Tim <laughs> is out of the movie in ten minutes. The ski crew leaves, and the whole idea here is that there's one of the dorms that's being, uh, like, renovated, right? And Yeah. So there is a small group of college students who are tasked with shutting the place down, selling off some of the furniture and stuff that's in there, and, and just kind of boarding it up. They've got two weeks to do this. One thing I noticed that the movie sort of overlooks is that, you know, I've been to college, you've been to college. Even when school isn't in session, there's a 
ton of people around. Yes. Employees of the university. Yes. This college, it was like... Just barren. There's no one there. No. Like, they were, like, literally the only five people there. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, that's just... That's not how it works. Also, the campus and the college buildings for most of the movie look like it was a industrial warehouse. Yeah, or like a parking garage. Yeah. Like, the floors were numbered once the elevator opened. That's that's not how dorms are. I mean, I... No. I went to a small university, but... I went to a big university and it did nothing like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I was going to ask about that. Yes, I did go to a university. <laughs> um, so that was a little weird, too. I, I, the locations were odd. Uh, yeah. But whatever. You know, we can overlook all that stuff. So Princess Vespa takes the center stage pretty quickly. They kind of establish early on that there's five college students that are, that are going to be doing this work. Pretty much within the first... Point ten seconds, Debbie comes in and she says, just kidding, I'm not going to be here after all. My grandma's in the hospital, my parents are coming to get me tonight, but I'm, I'm here to help out for the day. Doing some sort of inventory work. Where is she doing most of this inventory? In a crappy looking basement or something. Right, in the, in the storage room. Yeah, in the storage room, in the storage room. And so her parents come to pick her up, she's hollering at them like, oh, I'll be down in a second. So you think, oh good, her parents are there, she's going to make it. She just has to run down to the car, get in the car, drive away to safety. And, and the first surprise of many surprises in <laughs> Sorry, the dorm that drips blood, Princess Vespa's father is the first guy to die. Well, besides well, the guy in the opening credits. Right. In the main story. He's the first guy to die. He takes a baseball bat to the head. Right, it was like a baseball bat with nails in it. Yeah. And then the killer creeps down and sneaks into the back of the family car and chokes the mom to death. Right. So when Princess Vespa's running around... I love um, how you're just calling her Princess yeah, Vespa. Yeah, her name's Debbie, but Princess <laughs> Vespa's more fun. Uh, does she Wait, does she see her parents actually she's, dead? She sees she her saw dad. her dad. Right. And then, yes, and then she's freaking out. She runs to the car. She opens up the passenger side car right. door. And mom's head rolls out. Right. And... She then, faints, right? She, yeah. She she gets knocked out and then <laughs> the killer places her <laughs> in such a way that he can back up over her head <laughs> and kill her. So the whole family's dead. And then he throws the whole family in the trunk and drives away. Um, then we're back with the other crew, the main guys. And Patty, the other girl who's there helping, has to go get napkins. Right. They're making eggs. Yes. She has to go get napkins, and she spies this freak named John Hemmett. She sees him digging in the dumpster. Right, And she's freaked out, one, because he's just a creepy dude, and second of all, because nobody else is supposed to be on the campus. Yeah, and they all know who John Hemmett is. They try to, they they tell him he shouldn't be there, like Joanne tries to give him a note or something, and he's not there. Which is odd that they all knew which room was his. You know, there were some creepy people that I went to school with. I didn't know where their dorms were. I didn't know which room they were in. They all knew exactly where to go. They all knew where to go. And they never, ever went back to revisit that when they thought he was the killer. They didn't ever just say, let's post up outside his dorm. He's going to come back at some point, right? That's a good point. Later on, the boys are getting rid of some desks. Oh, right. We meet a new character named Bobby Lee. He has agreed to pick them up. 
but Bobby Lee's hanging out in this weird spot. It's like just random. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a, just a little wooded spot alongside a highway or something. Yeah. It doesn't look connected to yeah, the campus at all. Right. It doesn't look like he's in like the the parking lot. Yeah, but Joanne is walking around this area and he's like, "Oh, hey, are you Joanne? Like, <laughs> here's a check." <laughs> And he gets kind of forward with her. Like, it comes across a little weird. Yeah. I think if there... You know, you had Princess Vespa for a minute. If you were going to have a Lone Star, I think Bobby Lee would have been the Lone Star. I, I can see that. Um, so later, again later, the gang is playing pool. And very dramatically, they see John Hemet peeking through the window at them. Mm-hmm. They've had enough. They've this had is... enough of this. They can't find him. They try to find him in his dorm room. He's still not all... there. They, they split up. Uh-huh. They say, it's the middle of the night. This guy is creeping us all out. Let's split up and go outside and search for him. Still no idea that anyone has died. Correct. They don't find him. We cut over to Bobby Lee, who's in bed with a woman. And what was that woman's name? Like, what's her name? Alice. But, like, in real life, her name is just, like... Chandra. Oh, Chandra. Chandra. No last name. Yeah, I mean, Chandra. You must be pretty tough if if you can just go by one name. You know. Is she in anything else? No. That's it. That is it. And she still. She still goes by Chandra. Okay. I guess she transcends film. Chandra. Okay. So Bobby Lee is in bed with Chandra, <laughs> and clearly has been sleeping with this woman. He gets up. Goes and calls Joanne. At two in the morning. Yeah. And he does Does he talk to her? It seems like he does because he's saying, when can I see you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should hang out. And it doesn't seem like he's leaving, you know, a message. No. Joanne's the, the dish, as we I... like to say on this podcast. <laughs> and I don't know how. Well, okay. Let's take a second here about Joanne. She had a pretty interesting sweater in the beginning of the of the film. And this takes place around Christmas. This is Christmas break, I think. Okay. Um, so the interesting sweater. So I guess my question is, what did you think of Joanne's fabric? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been holding that one in? Like two hours. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when I found out her name was Joanne. Do you feel better? <sighs> Joanne's fabric. Do you, do you get it, everybody? <laughs> jo- Joanne fabrics. I'm okay. still laughing do you get it? at this. Okay, all right. I do feel better. I'm over it, but <laughs> okay. let me know when you are. Anyway, fine. <laughs> Back to Chandra. So Chandra is like, "What are you doing? Come back to bed." He's so not interested in her at all. She even takes her boobs out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she's like, "I don't want to go back to bed by myself." And he yeah. just says, "Go to bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go like, for a drive." Right. And so, she's like, please, baby, and trying to be all seductive. Bobby Lee's like, uh uh-uh. Yeah. So he leaves, and then we forget about Bobby Lee for most of the rest of the movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Brian and Craig are dumping some crap off, and John Hemmett, you know, in his typical, like, walking like a... He's got a stick up his butt right, fashion. Right, right, just comes head down. Yeah, and... hobbling along. Yeah. And With, like, a grocery bag or something. Yeah, and through the dump. Right, <laughs> Okay, because he was picking garbage, I guess, earlier. So they tell him more or less to buzz off. He doesn't say a word. Right. It was mainly Craig. Mainly Craig. Was and, like... Until uh, Brian, the other guy in the crew who vaguely resembles Josh Groban, <laughs> says, hey, cool out. I don't know why he says cool out. Like, I'd be pretty upset, too, after yeah, everything yeah. happened. Yeah, he's like, leave him alone. Yeah. 
So, okay, that night, they're going to have a candlelit dinner. Somebody steals bread and mm-hmm. smashes, smashes with a ball bat. Right. All, their entire spread. Their dinner, which was like turkey, and it was like just a whole uh-huh. holiday dinner. Right, so they've had enough, so they decide they're going to call the cops. Cop shows up, looking like Steve Zahn. <laughs> he did look like Steve Zahn. Yeah, and they describe this whole thing, and they blame it on John Hemet. The cop says, oh, well, that, that kind of seems like somebody we just picked up. That's another thing that's never revisited. Never, never addressed again. Never addressed. So the cops leave. The kids are, are doing their thing. You know, a couple guys playing pool. Joanne is in her room. Right. And suddenly the power goes out to the whole building. And the phones are dead. So they all meet up in Joanne's room. But... Brian, a.k.a. guy who looks slightly like Josh, Josh Groban, meets the killer in the stairwell and gets hacked to death yes. with a machete. Yes. So and keep he... in mind, we're, we're well into the movie, probably halfway through, right? Oh, yeah, more than, yeah. And the main group of people still have no idea oh, yeah. that people are dying. No, there's no dead bodies. They're not finding blood. There's no evidence of a crime scene. They just think that this... this John guy is just kind of creepy, and he's creeping them out. That's what they think this is. Yeah, so that's possibly why they decide to split up again. There's so much splitting up here. It's so stupid. It's like Scooby-Doo. The three of them, it's Craig, Patty, and Joanne. Mm -hmm. They decide to split up and go look around. Craig and Patty make their way to the kitchen. Craig gets knocked out, and then the killer attacks, grabs a hold of Patty. Oh, God. And then, this is pretty brutal, actually. It's not graphic in the movie, but if you think about it, it's pretty brutal. Dumps her in a vat of boiling water. Yeah. But she doesn't doesn't die right away. Because her hand comes out, and she tries to grab onto the the edge of it. Right. And he takes the lid and just starts slamming it down on her hand until she lets go. Which, again, that's a pretty brutal death. Um, So then there's also a little bit later a random shot of John Hemmett walking out with a machete. Yeah. And I say random, and you'll know why in a little bit. But yeah, they they just, you sort of see him just walking around. So you're like, okay, this is clearly the killer. Right. Everyone thinks, okay, he's the killer. Well, Well, Craig and Joanne meet back up, right? Yes. And then John confronts them in a stairway. Craig, I, I think, fights John, right? Yes. And they get kind of split up, and everyone's running around thinking John's John Hemmett's going to kill everybody. And then Patty finally, like two-thirds of the way through the movie, sees a dead body. She sees Brian, who's been, yes. a.k.a. Josh Groban, who's been all chopped up with the machete. Like, arms chopped off. And the machete's still on top of him. Right. So John Hemmett comes waddling in. And he says he wants to take her away. <laughs> and what does she do? She grabs the machete and just gouges him. It. Yeah, yeah. Just kinda. and he screams, and she just buries the machete in his yes. shoulder. You know, sorry, you deserved it, dude. Right. I, I would have done the same thing. I would have too. Everyone's still running around. Craig's running around. Joanne's running around. Joanne and gets confronted again by John Hemmett. And again, he's just waddling yeah. toward her, saying not nothing. Saying, not saying, not just, yeah, just being all creepy. Right. And just waddling towards her, like reaching out for her. Craig jumps in and they start fighting. Craig and John start fighting. Right. It's actually Joanne that hits John Hemmett. Yeah. Which kills him. Yeah, he's, he's dead. Yeah. So after John Hemmett, and it's not totally clear in my opinion that John Hemmett dies. Right. You just see that he gets hit. Yeah. 
And he goes down. Don't worry, guys. You find out later he does die. Sorry. Continue. And then Craig pretty much just is like, we did it. And she's like, what? Yeah. And then surprise, Craig's the killer. But Jay, how does he tell Joanne that he's the killer? He says, it's been me the the whole time. time. Like super creepy. And just obvious. Like (laughs) almost comically obvious. Like it sounded like something that you would find in a Saturday Night Live skit or just a comedy like video where the killer was revealing that they're the killer. Don't you get it? <laughs> yeah. And the, this made me rethink everything I had seen previously. And it's just like, why didn't John Hammond open his stupid mouth? Yes. And just say, it's Craig. Right. The whole it's, Yes. It was Craig the whole time. Yep. He could have just said it at many points. Why didn't John Hammett call the police and say, there's a dude here who just ran over a girl's head? Days earlier. Yeah. Really, John Hammett is a criminal because he's complicit in all of these deaths because he didn't do squat. Right. And he, and, and Craig explains the whole thing. You know, he's, he's saying, uh, John saw this. John knew the truth. John was trying to split us up. John didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He did nothing. I Yes. Criminally nothing. Well, and true. then like Craig is like, I did it for the love of Joanne. Right. And like, okay, there really wasn't anything, any chemistry. No. Like at all between right. them. So it's kind of out of nowhere, but whatever. He's in love with Joanne. So. Everybody's in love with Joanne. I, yeah. I, I think, I, I think it's it. her wardrobe. I, <laughs> It's definitely not. I think they're in love with Joanne's fabric. (laughs) Again, really? (laughs) Joanne starts running. He shows he shows Joanne all the bodies. He kept all of them, which was a little weird because you saw the killer drive away with Princess Vespa's family's car with them in the trunk, Mm. but then the family is in some kind of locker. To get all together, yeah. Yeah, just all the parts of them are all together in this locker later but whatever it's he's revealing his big plan she, joanne's able to fairly easily lock craig into that locker with princess vespa's dead family right. and she runs right and she tries to find different ways out of this building and evidently there's no way out of the building yeah yes the building can't be that big and again it's more like this weird industrial complex mm-hmm. than a college dorm even yes. even a boiler room i mean it's big yeah it just didn't look yeah. right you know it looked like something out of a uh, like a dream from a nightmare on elm street she's trying to crawl up this ladder to, to leave craig is grabbing at her and then bobby lee pulls up yes in this car s- yes you see bobby lee pull up and you're like "Woo, yay bobby lee and he's looking down through this grating and sees kind of what's going on and then he tries to find a way in craig pulls joanne back down ends up knocking her out yes then bobby lee makes his way through he comes around the corner and you're thinking, okay, good, he's he's going to get him. And they start hitting each other, and Bobby Lee is able to get Craig down on the ground. And then at that, right at that point, the cops come in, and they hold out their guns. They're trying to break up the fight. Bobby Lee's trying to say what's going on. They're not really listening. And Craig's like, thank God you guys got here. He, This guy's been killing everybody. This guy's crazy. And obviously that's not true. They end up shooting and killing. They kill, they kill? Bobby Lee. Yes. They kill Bobby Lee. I was so, a little upset about that. I was too, but what was the purpose of Bobby Lee through there, that entire movie? There honestly wasn't one. Like, no. Looking back at it, you could have cut Bobby Lee out of the movie completely. completely. 
and you wouldn't have lost anything. Yes. Because his only function was almost kind of like as a swerve. Right. Like you think he's going to save the day. Yeah. And then he doesn't. Yeah, you're right. I so, bet that's that's. That's really the, the only, only point. And yeah. I don't think that's good enough to justify him being in the movie. Like, he, sh- he didn't serve a narrative function other than to trick the audience. Yes. But do you think he was also meant to be somebody who could have possibly been the killer? Because he's kind of skeezy. That's true. I didn't think about it. Well, okay. Yes, it's true. But I didn't think about it. So oh. if that was the point, then they didn't... It didn't come through It didn't well. come through for me. Okay, okay. So the cops are there, and they're helping up Craig, and they're like, come on, son, and Craig's like, no, 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 I'll stay here, it's cool. And they, <laughs> the cops don't notice that Joanne is under a pile of garbage. <laughs> and so the cops are like, gonna go get help, they're gonna go call an ambulance, call backup, they leave Craig alone, and Craig goes and grabs Joanne, who's yeah. still unconscious, because right. he knocked her out by just hitting her head. Yes. And he's like whispering to her. Yeah, and the plan is evidently all messed up. Yes. So what does Craig do? He feeds her to an incinerator. Yes. And and he's kind of kissing her cheek as he's as he's carrying her over there and he says, I, I have to do this, you know, it won't be very painful, not like the pain you've caused me. And then he kills her. The whole reason for the entire movie, the whole plot. Was he was killing everybody so he could get to Joanne. So he could be with Joanne. Just roll around in her fabric. (laughs) Everybody wanted to roll around in Joanne's fabric. I'll stop. (laughs) No, you won't. (laughs) Guaranteed you're making another Joanne fabric joke before this is over. (laughs) Oh, if I can think of any. Yes. So, So, yeah, the cops are like, hey, do you smell that? (laughs) That stinks. And they're like, oh, they're going to tear this place down, whatever. And then that's... Credits. Credits. Just credits. That's it. And we were like, what? So she does die. Yeah. So everybody dies. I I kind of thought at the end that, like, the cops were going to pop out because you heard people talking. They're like, hey, where where is everybody? Hey, go check out there by the incinerator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I was thinking, okay, they're going to pop out. The cops are going to see that he's going to dump her into the incinerator and they're going to shoot him. And they didn't. No. So the only survivor is the killer. Yes. Which, do you feel like that's a little unique? Every single person dies except the Because there's no uh, sequel to this. You would think if there was a sequel Mm -hmm. that the killer survives and goes on, but... You know, I I mean, I do enjoy a lot of horror films, although I, I wouldn't call myself an expert. So... I'm sure there's another horror film or horror franchise out there where the killer's the only one who survives. You know, I mean, I know they do that a lot, like, with, you know, like, Critters or, or any kind of horror film of this era where it's like, you think it's over, then it's not. But this is different. Like, this is, yeah, like, no, the human killer yeah. is the only one still standing. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, I do kind of feel like it's unique a little bit, at least in the things that I've seen. If there was the dorm that dripped blood, part two, yeah, would you see it? Yes, yes, you I would. W- you would see it. Well, are, okay. Are we saying like if it had been made in 1994 or if it made today? It it it's it's in the process of being made. It is being filmed as we speak, and it's coming out next year. Yeah, absolutely. Then I would see it. The dorm that dripped more blood. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so let's talk about the ratings. The movie got terrible ratings, like you yes. said. Terrible. Mm-hmm. It got just scathing ratings. Yes. Now, okay. Every critic gave it a, a zero. Yeah. Now, come on. I, I've seen some bad movies. Mm-hmm. This is, I wouldn't say, is It amazing. wasn't unwatchable. No. Like I, Glitter. Have you ever seen Glitter with no, Mariah Carey? No, I have not. Unwatchable. Okay. Awful. This Geely. is watchable. Geely. Pretty Ge- terrible. I never saw that. Okay. Maybe it's because it's you know, a weekend, and we're doing this for the podcast, and it kind of makes it more fun. Like, I wouldn't want to sit down and watch this movie by myself, but <laughs> but in the right circumstances, I think this could be fun. I said it in the opening of the show, this has B-Movie Marathon written all over it. I could see this being something that you sit around with your friends, you're like, yeah. this is crazy. I think it's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think it deserves a zero. No. If I'm going Rotten Tomatoes style, yeah, I'd give it... Probably high 30s. You know, I I think I have to agree with you. I think high 30s. It wasn't, you know, and a a lot of the critics said that the acting was just awful. It wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. I've seen way worse than this. I think when when I read it and I was reading reviews and I saw that it had gotten a zero, I said, this is going to be awful. So this is going to be perfect. Yeah. In fact, I would go so far as to say, if you didn't tell me that the reviews called out the bad acting, I wouldn't have yeah. had said anything about yeah. the acting. I, I mean, it was fine. Right. There were certain parts that you were, you know, again, the, it was me the whole time. Didn't you see? Yeah. did you get it? Okay. But that was kind of that, goofy. Was, right. No, I think the acting was fine. Even Chandra <laughs> did a fine job. <laughs> Which, what was her purpose for the movie? Get it an R rating by showing boobs. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our listeners, Chris, he asked us about putting in place a cobra scale. So how many cobras would you give this movie? Out of five. Sure. One and a half. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. So the dorm that drips blood, one and a half cobras. Not I, the worst thing. No. It's not just like the tail of one little cobra. No. <laughs> it's a full cobra and then some. <laughs> You because can... really, in the end, it's a love story. It's a love it story. It really is. It was it was Craig's love for Joanne and, and what a man won't do to earn the love of a woman. I have one more question. Mm-hmm. What was the point of killing Princess Vespa? Her whole thing was that she couldn't stay to help close down the dorm and her parents were coming to pick her up. Right. Which they did. Yeah. Which the killer clearly saw because he killed everybody. Why kill her? If he would have just waited 10 minutes, they would have been gone. Yeah. Problem solved. That's true. They had nothing to do with Joanne. That's true. They were out of the picture. Completely. So there was no need to kill them. If he had just waited, yeah, like you said, 10 minutes. If the motivation is to kill everybody around Joanne, and, and if you think about it, like, why, why kill Patty? Why do any of this? The killer's motivation is love. Okay, fine. But why not go kill the guy who's her boyfriend on the ski trip? Yeah. You know, let's let's murder somebody in a, on a ski slope. Why kill all these random people around her at her job? It just didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, you've really got to take, take the movie with a big grain of salt because there's a lot of logical problems there. Yeah, no, I agree. Another thing I was thinking that... Um, John is there, and and he's staying. He sees all these murders happen. John Hemet. John Hemet, the the guy that everyone assumes is the killer. He sees the killings happen, and he claims that he's staying there to to save Joanne, maybe other people too, but 
Knowing yeah. knowing the plot, John has a crush on Joanne too. Who knows? But they don't establish any sort of even slight friendship or anything. Why why would John stay? Yeah. Who is who is Joanne to him? We don't know. Yeah. There's no establishment of that relationship. There was never like him saying, "Hey, you were kind to me in the Ex- lunch hall." Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. There's no reason if if you saw a bunch of murders happen, would you stay to help out people that you you don't even you don't even know? No way. <laughs> I would be out. And you would call the police. Yeah. And you would leave. And that's it. And if he had done that and said everything he'd said, because Craig said, John saw me do all this. Right. He was going to tell you. Why didn't he say anything? (laughs) Why didn't he tell? He was going to. He just never got around to it. No. And by the way, John Hemmett's real name is Woody Roll. Woody Roll? Like R-O-L-L. Like Woody Roll. I kind of wish they would have went with that name instead. Not gonna lie. Is that a is that a fake name or was that his? No, that's his, his real name. name. Woody Roll. Woody. <laughs> okay, that's it. We have to end this because my jokes are just gonna get worse. So I think this was a really great pick. Thank you. Again, something that I feel like it was like something I would pick. <laughs> so now I gotta think. I gotta regroup. I gotta think about what I'm gonna pick. But uh, yeah, so. If you like what you hear, please give us a good rating on whatever service you use to find this podcast. Ratings help, and we really appreciate it. So, I think... Wait, what is that? Did you hear that? What is that music? What? How? What is that? What's that sound? Is that John Hemmett? Is is it Craig? Jason. Yeah? It was me the whole time.